Hey church family, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. We're starting a new series titled The Great Reset. So Peter hit a reset moment when his rabbi and savior died and he had failed to live up to his oath. But Jesus called him back specifically, saying, tell my disciples and Peter, and walks him through a rededication three times. Peter learns in his great reset that following Christ would always matter to him because he would always matter to Christ. So how will you recommit to Christ? Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias. As we start a new year and enter a new season, we are uh, starting a new worship series here at Leroy UMC. Uh, We're calling it The Great Reset. And the whole idea behind this series is that COVID changed a lot. It changed a lot about the way we go through our schedules and our days. It shifted routines and priorities. Uh, It reset a lot of things in a lot of different ways. And so we are looking throughout this month at four biblical characters who had their lives reset in some way and taking a look at how they responded to it and how God responded to that reset. Uh, and this morning we are starting out with maybe, maybe the most famous biblical character after Jesus, St. Peter. Uh, Peter the disciple, and our reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. This is kind of an epilogue that actually comes after Easter, after the resurrection, at the very end of John's Gospel. But friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. Afterward... Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were all together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to him and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, 
Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Friends, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God of yesterday, of today, and of tomorrow, we have come seeking a new tomorrow, a new life, and seeking new words to understand it. So God, give us your words in this moment, and bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts, that they may be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. For one year, our lives came to a grinding halt. For one year, we couldn't go to work or see our familiar co-workers around the water cooler or sit at the same boardroom table. For one year, we couldn't see our families, except through Zoom or FaceTime screens, couldn't meet our friends at our favorite restaurant, or even go out in public without having to wear a surgical mask. For one year, we couldn't go to the gym, we couldn't go to the bowling alley, we couldn't sit in a movie theater, and for almost a year, we couldn't go to church. Or at least we couldn't go without having to deal with roped-off pews and hand sanitizer and really stale communion wafers. Yes, I know how bad those tasted. For one entire year, all across the country, everywhere, our normal lives came to a grinding halt as our schedules, our routines, and our daily lives were all put on pause. And three years later, Many of us have found that our lives were reset and that we didn't need some parts of our old lives to restart again. That may be the greatest change that COVID-19 really brought. It wasn't the masks or the hand sanitizer or the six feet rule, but the real change COVID brought is that when it finally ended, or at least when all the really strict guidelines finally started to ease, we were all forced to seriously rethink what our normal daily lives look like. A pastor named Kerry Niehoff called it the Great Reset a rethinking of everything we do and don't as the world reopened. And it's something we all experienced in our own ways. Just think about all the things that stopped 
for a year during COVID that then didn't restart again or that people didn't go back to. Right after COVID, we had the great resignation as people everywhere thought that their old jobs weren't worth going back to. The housing market exploded as people realized their old homes weren't worth keeping. Even really simple things like going out to a restaurant changed as people thought it wasn't worth going in and sitting down in the dining room the way they used to. They could use Grubhub or Pickup and just take it home. But of all the things that the Great Reset impacted, few were impacted more than church. According to one recent study of Americans who regularly attended church in 2019 before COVID, 16% had stopped attending altogether by 2022 after COVID. Among baby boomers, those over 58, one in five regular church attenders stopped attending. And don't misunderstand that. That's not to say that 16% or one in five stopped being Christian. Many, we still believe in Jesus. It's just that they stopped coming to church. For one year, their normal routine of going to church or going to a Bible study or to youth group or praying or volunteering of worshiping and ministering was stopped and Three years later, many found that they were okay not picking it back up. And I don't point that out as a guilt trip or anything, but it's something that's important to be aware of because it's something that affected all of us in many ways. From praying to serving to Bible studies to friends we saw, there are all kinds of faith habits and spiritual disciplines that we might have lost during COVID or coming out of COVID. I admit I lost a few habits that really used to help me all the time. There's all kinds of different reasons for it, but either way, in churches all across the country, even in churches that never shut down or never went online, many Christians everywhere have woken up in a post-COVID world and discovered that they were okay not having different parts of their old faith routine, not having worship even as a part of a new weekly routine. For one year, our lives came to a grinding halt as COVID pressed a giant reset button on our lives. And once things picked back up again, many people found their faith routines didn't get picked back up. Peter knew what it meant to have his life and his faith reset. After years of following Jesus of Nazareth all over Galilee and all the way down to Jerusalem, after years of ministering and preaching and teaching and healing and feeding and worshiping and serving, Peter's life came to a grinding halt at the crucifixion. First, Peter, the rock of the church, famously got scared, denied Jesus three times, and ran away in shame. 
Then all of Peter's plans and dreams, his expectations, were dashed when he saw his rabbi and his messiah murdered by a mob. We don't think about it in this way, but the cross effectively pressed a gigantic reset button on all of Peter's routines, his schedules, his habits, and on his vision for tomorrow. And not just Peter, but all of the disciples. Notice, where do we find the disciples in the very last chapter of John's Gospel? Back in Galilee, fishing. When we meet the disciples in John 21, after Easter, they have fallen out of their ministry routines. They've stopped healing. They've stopped preaching. They've been staying at home and doing the most familiar thing they know how to do, fish. And maybe that's part of the reason why the disciples don't recognize Jesus when Jesus comes to find them and to bring them back. That's one of the most fascinating parts of that story, or at least to me, that while the disciples are out on their boats fishing, in verse 4, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. The disciples of fallen out of their faith routines, and they've forgotten how to spot Jesus working in their lives, even when he shows up right in front of them. So what does Jesus do? How does he respond to this situation? Jesus performs a very familiar miracle to help remind his disciples of their familiar faith routine. He gives them a miraculous catch of fish, which if you know the gospel story, you might know is the exact same miracle that Jesus first performed to prove to Peter and James and John and Andrew that he was the Messiah. Jesus reminds his disciples in the most familiar way possible about the joy, about the power, about the miracles of the routine faith they had kept. And in an instant, the disciples snap out of their reset fog. It's the Lord, John yells out. And Peter, of all the disciples, Peter is so excited and so eager to return to the faith he had lost touch with that he jumps out of the boat and swims to shore. The disciples come right behind him. They pull their boats ashore and find that Jesus has been waiting for them to come back. He's already prepared a meal for them. And gathered around the campfire once again with their Savior, I can't begin to imagine how familiar it all must have felt. So much had changed for the disciples since they had first been called, and so much had changed in their lives since Easter Sunday. But now, there they were again, sitting in their old familiar seats around the fire, just like before, listening to Jesus' teachings, smiling and joking with the familiar faces they loved, and 
worshiping their Savior, just like they used to. Jesus had come out to find them on the far shore of their great reset and had reminded them of the habits and routines that once gave them so much peace, so much joy, and so much new life. But for Peter, it wasn't just a chance to return to the routines that he had stopped, but it was a chance to recommit to the one he had lost touch with. Jesus turns to Simon Peter, almost singles him out in the group, and asks, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus asks the same question a second time and gets the exact same response. Then Jesus asks a third time, and all at once we, the readers, know what Jesus is doing. Jesus is walking Peter step by step through a recommitment ritual, through a covenant of renewal service, if you will. Peter had denied Jesus three times, and now Jesus helps Peter recommit to his faith by professing his faith three times. But the thing is, it goes much deeper than that. It isn't just about Peter renewing his personal faith in Jesus as his Lord and Savior, but it's about Peter renewing his commitment to the church, to the others, to his ministry. Jesus is recommitting Peter to a place of leadership, to real work and real ministries that will feed my sheep in the body of Christ. Christ is taking Peter by the hand and helping him come back to the routines, the worship schedule, to the church that Peter had once been a leader of and could be again. That's the truly beautiful thing about the way John chooses to end his gospel. Peter's life had been reset. Peter had lost the routines that had once given him so much peace and joy and anchored his life in faith. And so Jesus came out to find him and to bring him back to the joyful, peaceful, life-giving routines he once knew. To put it another way, Peter learns in his great reset that Christ would always matter to him because he would always matter to Christ. And the good news is that that is exactly what Jesus is reaching out to do for us on the post-COVID shores we find ourselves on today. Three years after our lives came to a grinding halt, we are all having to rethink and reevaluate what really matters to us, what's actually worth the effort of making into a routine, what do I want a part of my schedule, and what are we okay actually being without. We've all been thrown into a great reset, and in that reset we've been 
tempted to lose focus, wander away from things that once mattered. We've all fallen out of routines and disciplines that once gave us peace. I have fallen out of all kinds of habits that once brought me closer to God each week. But the thing is, as a very wise minister once told me, if it's not in your week, it's not in your life. Those are very wise words, and they are worth saying again. If it's not in your week, it's not in your life. As we start this new year, we all find ourselves on the post-COVID shores of Galilee. But the good news is that our lives may have been reset, but our God has not stopped wanting to be a part of our lives. And Christ Jesus will never stop coming out to find us on the other side of our reset. And in the end, that's what gives us hope in this new season we find ourselves in. That's what gives the church hope in the new post-COVID world, the hope of knowing that our society and the way people get through their day may have changed, but Christ Jesus is still a living, breathing Savior who is among us. That's what gives us hope as we head into a new year, the hope of knowing that no matter how things may have changed for us, we can always start over. We can always pick up the habits we used to love, the disciplines that gave us peace. We can start new disciplines. We can always start again. But above all, that's what gives us hope as we come back to faith. The hope of knowing that no matter how confusing, how disorienting, how reset our lives may feel, we can always recommit and rededicate ourselves to being disciples, to serving, to impacting, to worshiping, because we worship a Savior who will not stop reaching out to bring us back to life. We all find ourselves on the shore of a great reset in which we have to ask ourselves not just what really matters to me, but ask ourselves, how will I jump out of the boat and swim, run, walk, go to the Savior who will never stop reaching out to find me? What new habits of peace will we start in this new year? What new disciplines of grace will we bring into our lives? What new ministries of transformation will we be a part of that will change someone's life? How will we come back to the joy and hope of faith in all things? Because our lives may have ground to a halt and our routines may have been reset, but the miracle is our Savior never stops calling us back and never stops reaching out to bring us back to life. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me.
Christ Jesus, this morning, may you come looking for us in this new Galilee we find ourselves in. May you find us on the shores of our new routines, and may you call us to come back and be yours again in all aspects of our lives. Savior, rekindle within us the fire and the passion we've had. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and help us to rededicate ourselves to being your hands and your family working in the lives of others in this new season. Christ, call us back, plant us in your grace, and lead us as we reaffirm our faith in you and our place in your body. For we do love you, Lord, and we will feed your sheep. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.